Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show was made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash twotownsover. Um, if you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash ttopod. Uh, and if you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's Don. Uh, just want to let you know we have a new affiliate with CW Spirits. It's an online uh, liquor store. And if you go and buy something from them, go and use our code TTOPOD at checkout, and you'll receive a 5% discount. Uh, we do ask that you drink responsibly. If you're trying to keep up with the two drink minimum episodes that we have, and you're out of liquor, uh, definitely go to CW Spirits. Again, use our code TTOPOD in the checkout, and you'll receive a 5% discount. Uh, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. If living in the 80s taught me anything, if it's bad, it must be Satan. I'll piss your pants, Don. There are no heroes in this story. Yeah. All right. Life is more complicated than you wish. Also, I might be... I think I mentioned this to you. Uh, I might be related to... uh, Moist critical. I don't Ch- even know. Charlie Penguin Zero. Ping- Penguin Zero. Yeah, he's one are. of like the YouTube OGs. He's been on the platform for forever. Wholesome. Everybody loves him. And his uh, name is Moist Critical. Moist Critical. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Four penguins with a Z and a zero at the end. Yeah, because he made his channel when he was like a kid. But uh, I found out that he is from. So he's from Tampa. His full real name is Charlie White. Most people in Florida that I have found with the last name White who are like originally from Florida, I have some relation are to. Are black, ironically enough. Uh, I did meet a Josh White one time at a, a job orientation that was one of the darkest men I have ever met in my entire <laughs> life. And they were like, Josh White's already here. You're not him. Trust me. <laughs> and then me, me and Josh White met each other in the, the orientation room <laughs> and we became best friends. See, I've come to notice anybody that I've m- not met, but seen that have the last name Bingham uh-huh. nine times out of 10, they're black. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. There was even a famous actress on Baywatch who Tracy Bingham was her name. And she was black. So, which really probably makes some racist people in my family unhappy. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. well, I mean, it could make them happy to know that it was probably a slave name that they kept. Yep. <clears throat> That's so. usually the case. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Satanic Sundays, Josh's favorite title. And um, I, it's growing on. <laughs> I knew it would. Alliteration grows on everyone. It's okay. It's like a barnacle on a ship. It's at first I really didn't like it. Now it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or a genital wart that just won't go away. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, it's, that's more like how I feel about it right now. Yeah. 
because that's I, I don't love that it's there, but it's not going away. So it's a herpes I guess cold I better, sore. I better learn to live with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unless we get really serious about it and like do a surgery, this is just here now. So yeah. So this week we're gonna take a step back. Uh, we've done rapid fire five episodes about involving the satanic panic so this week we're just gonna take a step back and actually discuss what the satanic panic was and this like in terms of the actual in terms of the the actual legend in the yeah right so you're gonna hear a lot of things this week that will be repeated further on we'll go into more detail this is just kind of a basic overview of how it started what it was why it exploded the way that it did the way that it did but certain things we will go back and touch, like we'll mention Michelle remembers today. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to kind of briefly, yeah, I need to get on that shit, discuss that, and then when Ruben does his, then we'll go more deeper. We'll go deeper and harder we'll go on Michelle. Deep into Michelle, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, Michelle was a child. Hold on. True, but she wasn't a child when the book was written. So supposedly memories. I don't feel comfortable with the way we're talking about Michelle today. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I regret what I said. So what we call the satanic panic was and is a moral panic consisting of over 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of satanic ritual abuse starting in the United States in the 1980s. It was the red scare, but for Satan. But the red was the devil. Yeah. 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 Uh, It would eventually spread throughout many parts of the world by the late 1990s and sadly persists even to this day. So what is most cited as the beginning of the satanic panic was the publication of the book Michelle Remembers, written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder and his patient and future wife, Michelle Smith. I did not know that. Yeah. So the allegations which afterward arose throughout much of the United States involved reports of... I'm going to have a lot to say about that in my script. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Oh, you got some research to do, Uh, I sure do. Involved the reports of physical and sexual abuse of people in the context of occult or satanic rituals. Its most <laughs> extreme form, allegations involved a conspiracy of a global satanic cult that includes the wealthy and powerful uh, world elite in which children are abducted or bred for human sacrifice, pornography, and prostitution. So like what Jeffrey Epstein was doing, but different. Right. Yeah, except but like for if- Satan. If Jeffrey Epstein were doing it for Satan, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 which is which is what QAnon thinks. Well, I mean, if you're a Christian, the, to, to kind jump of right. way, way, way ahead of <laughs> not even way, way, way ahead. Are you fucking kidding? An allegation that returned to prominence recently. In the public- <laughs> we did a one-two combo, Josh, on a- <laughs> in the form of QAnon. <laughs> It's like we put the fucking rings together. <laughs> Form up a spoiler warning. <laughs> Nearly every aspect of the ritual abuse is controversial, including its definition, the source of the allegations and proof thereof, testimonies of the alleged victims, and court cases involving the allegations and criminal investigations. Some of these cases are kind of why they are less reliant on witness testimony now. Oh, yeah. Especially of children. Uh-huh. So the panic afterwards involved lawyers, therapists, and social workers who handled allegations of child sexual abuse. 
Allegations initially brought together widely dissimilar groups, including religious fundamentalists, police investigators, child advocates, therapists, and clients in psychotherapy. The term satanic abuse was more common early on. Now, this later became satanic ritual abuse and further secularized into simply ritual abuse. Sorry. She might be drawing my next tattoo right now. For real. (laughs) Should all get it. We might should, dude. <laughs> Honestly, it's. I think my New Year's resolution this year is to get like I want to get one at least one more tattoo. Year. Yeah, yeah. Well, my next tattoo is going to be the eye, and then we'll go from there. I mean, of raw. No, it's not of raw. Know, it's uh, Alex Gray, the flaming eye. Mm. I also like eyes. I mm. mean, fucking. Yeah, we are all eyes. Are, <laughs> listen, they're in. They're so important to visual people that it's fucking wild like we make everything looks like eyes you know what i'm saying yeah anyway over time the accusations became more closely associated with dissociative identity disorder then called multiple personality disorder and anti-government conspiracy theories so initial interest arose via the publicity campaign for Pazder's 1980 book michelle remembers and it was sustained and popularized throughout the decade by coverage of the mcmartin preschool trial which is another topic that we will dig deeper into Testimonials, symptoms lists, rumors, and techniques to investigate or uncover memories of ritual abuse were disseminated throughout professional, popular, and religious conferences, as well as through daytime TV talk shows, sustaining and further spreading the moral panic throughout the United States and beyond. In some cases, when was Oprah on TV? In the eighties, well, eighties and nineties, but yeah, she came to prominence in the largest contributors. Oh yeah, her and Geraldo. Yeah, y'all think Oprah's all cool. Uh, Oprah also effectively gave birth to the Dr. Phil show. So like, and Dr. Oz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Phil is maybe straight up evil. Now, Josh, why would you say that? What's inside you, Josh, that makes you want to talk like that about someone like me? If you ever do that voice that well ever again, (laughs) I will piss my pants on purpose. I will piss your pants. I'll piss your pants, Don. That's a threat. <laughs> that, that is. I, I, feel, I feel threatened by that. <laughs> I always say that to people like in video games when they're getting like really heated. <laughs> the way and you said it twice <laughs> is really what did it. I will piss your pants, Don. I will piss your pants. Like, oh my god. <laughs> it always like throws people off. I felt I felt threatened secondhand. When someone's getting really, really heated, like in a gaming lobby, I'm like, dude, I'll piss your fucking pants. And they, they like don't know how to handle it. <laughs> and like, what? It like staggers them effectively. <laughs> it's like using <laughs> it's like using a, a shove attack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just lost a turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> So in some cases, uh, allegations resulted in criminal trials with varying results. After seven years... What if life was turn-based combat? (laughs) (laughs) Arguments are. They are, and I I would be losing, I think. I think I I wouldn't have enough XP for the boss (laughs) level. So after seven years in court... You gotta grind. I do, I I gotta grind. After seven years in court, the McMartin trial resulted in no convictions for any of the accused while other cases resulted in lengthy sentences, some of which were later reversed. Scholarly interest in the topic slowly built, eventually resulting in the conclusion that the phenomenon was a moral panic, which, as one researcher put it in 2017, 
involved hundreds of accusations that devil-worshipping pedophiles were operating America's white middle-class suburban daycare centers. So, talking about it in terms of being a moral panic, this is where I want to, because I didn't put anything in the script for Salem Witch Trials about this, but the Salem Witch Trials were the same thing. They were a moral panic right? that swept over that town, and it was very isolated in that. And that's an example of what that kind of moral panic can do in isolation. In popular in popular <clears throat> media, Footloose is another good example of a moral panic. Yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, no, dead ass. It's yeah. Whereas uh what happens in the eighties is where is what happens when that uh that moral panic is spread over literally the entire country. And that's how it kind of ties together. Right. Because I feel like maybe it's not super clear to everyone how the Salem witch trials ties into the overarching narrative of satanic panic. Yeah. That's how. And the same thing with the uh, Spanish Inquisition. Exactly. Yeah. It's moral panic. Right. That's the crusades. You know, like any of these. Well, it's, it's always like for shit like that, there's always like political reasons too. But it's a lot of like. It's just like how when Harry Potter came out, everybody was like, you can't read Harry Potter. That's about witches, and that's evil. Right. That's the devil. Well, it's like... I'm in first grade. I think this is a fun book about a boy with superpowers. Exactly. Exactly. He defeats Mm -hmm. the devil. (laughs) Right. He defeats the devil. Yes. Just make it it into Narnia. Make the allegory fit Christianity. Oh. mm, I, when uh, Lord of the Rings came out, the movies, uh-huh. the job I, cr- I had at that time, my supervisor was, um, he was Jehovah's Witness. It oh, was either boy. Jehovah's Witness or Mormon. It was one of those two. But it's, I think it was Jehovah's Witness. This would have been in early 2000s? Early 2000s, yeah. Mm, Jehovah's Witnesses were big in the early 2000s, but Mormons were getting really big and in the early he 2000s. was adamant. That Harry Potter was satanic. But Lord of the Rings was okay. Sure. And I actually asked him one day, why? Why is Lord of the Rings okay? Lord of the Rings has wizards. Lord of the Rings has dragons and and magic. And why is Lord of the Rings okay, but Harry Potter is bad? His exact words to me were, Harry Potter takes place in the real world. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I've heard that argument before. No, he got that from his church. Oh, I'm sure. But that's, I was like, okay, whatever, you know. Except that it super doesn't. Well. Like, it starts out in. No, that's their rationalization. London. And then the rest of the the movie, the book, is in a place that is the wizarding world. Right. Like, they literally step through a barrier. Right. Like, come on. Harry Potter is an isekai. It is. (laughs) Literally. So allegations. Where he has to go back every season. Yeah, and live exactly. his boring mundane life. Uh-huh. I, I do got to admit, one thing about Voldemort you have to, to to really give to him is he at least waits until the end of the year before he attacks Harry Potter. Oh, I thought you were going to talk That's about true. how he Education is important. Yeah. Energy. yeah. Oh, yeah, that no-nose thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so allegations. <laughs> I missed whatever you said, but I agree with it. <laughs> radiates sexual energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So definitely. allegations of horrific acts by outside groups, including cannibalism, child... Bellatrix Lestrange... 
literally s- soaks it all up and then secondhand radiates the rest of it out. Uh-huh. Like it's yeah. wild. It's too it, Voldemort radiates too much sexual energy for even three people. Uh, it's like her and Lucius Malfoy. Be- exactly. Bellatrix <laughs> had to be a, a catalyst to hold the excess because Lucius couldn't take it anymore. And then he she was literally breaking the down. rest. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> These are my confessions. <laughs> just... <laughs> Don just did something that proved that psychics exist. Because he read my fucking mind. <laughs> All right. So allegations. He literally of... picked it up the moment I thought it. <laughs> oh, that was good. So allegations of horrific acts by outside groups, including cannibalism, child murder, torture, and incestuous orgies, can place minorities in the role of the quote-unquote other, as well as create a scapegoat for complex problems in times of social disruption. God, everybody loves a good fucking scapegoat. Oh, huh? we do. The ritual abuse panic repeated many of the features of the historical moral panics and conspiracy theories, such as the blood libel, which is an anti-Semitic trope that falsely accuses Jews of murdering Christian boys in order to use their blood in the performance of religious rituals. Or she uses the blood of children to stay beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which was leveled against Jews by Apion in the 30s. By uh, what? Uh, common Era. Apion was the name of the person who started oh. the blood libel. And that which, was in the 30s of the Common Era. It's wild, too, because they got that from the Real fucking point. English queen Friend. that did that. Bathory? Yeah, Elizabeth. West, that, that was no. West this was modern the, city. Bathory was in like the like Wayne. in the twelve or thirteen hundreds. This was in thirty C.E. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This oh, okay. was like bef- like just bef- before Christ even died. Well, then she she got it from them. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um. So the ritual abuse panic repeat. Bathsheba. The wild rumors that led to the persecution of early Christians by the Roman Empire. Later allegations of Jewish rituals involving the killing of Christian babies and the desecration of the Eucharist and the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries. Torture and imprisonment were used by the authority figures in order to coerce confessions from alleged Satanists. Oh, yeah, we will totally uh, we were mentioning this when we were talking downstairs before we came up to record. Um, We're definitely going to do European witch hunts, not as part of the satanic panic, but at some point, because if you thought that uh, the Salem witch trials were wild, oh, man, European witch hunts were way, way worse. So torture and imprisonment were you. Sorry, one more thing. Like European witch hunts were way worse to the point where. Of the three jokes that you know off the top of your head on Monty Python, that's one of them. Right. Right. Like the ridiculousness of the tests they used to put them through and all the ridiculous contrary shit they used to say about them. Yeah. That's where that comes from. A deep history of fucking insanity. Like, yeah. So torture and imprisonment were used by authority figures in order to coerce confessions from alleged Satanists, confessions that were later used to justify their executions. Records of these older allegations were linked by contemporary proponents in an effort to demonstrate that contemporary satanic cults were part of an ancient conspiracy of evil, though ultimately no evidence of devil-worshipping cults existed in Europe at any time in its history. What? I can't believe it. Now, a more immediate precedent to the context of satanic ritual abuse is in the United States was McCarthyism in the 1950s. The, oh, everybody loves McCarthyism. Oh, yeah. It's alive and well. Tell me again. That's the Red Scare. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the underpinnings for the contemporary... Well, 
as a communist, socialist, libtard, <laughs> cuck boy, or whatever, <laughs> I gotta say. Beta male. Don't forget beta male. Uh, yes. Uh, soy boy. Soy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, plump quadruped. I <laughs> think they're right to be worried. <laughs> so the underpinnings for contemporary moral panic were found in a rise of five factors in the years leading up to the 80s. The establishment of fundamentalist Christianity and the founding of and political activism of the religious organization, which was named the Moral Majority. The rise. Gotta of, love that shit too. Mm-hmm. Moral Majority. Yeah. So catchy. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so catchy that uh, fucking Green Day used it in a song. It was American Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their most popular song. Well, they don't want to be one. So. It, yeah. The only thing pops in my head right now is something. Fuck America. Anyways, America, fuck yeah! No, that's coming team. again to save the motherfucking day. Yeah, yeah. Um, America. The rise, superiority. The rise of the American movement, which accused abusive cults of kidnapping and brainwashing children and teens. The appearance of the Church of Satan and other nice explicitly touch. and other um, explicitly Satanist groups, which added a kernel of truth to the existence of satanic cults. The development of the social work or child protection field and its struggle to have child sexual abuse recognized as a social problem and a serious crime. And the pop. I'm sorry. What? Uh, the, 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 the development of the social work or child protection field and its struggle to have child sexual abuse recognized as a social problem and a serious crime. The struggle to have it recognized as a social problem and a serious crime, you say. Right. The struggle to have it recognized. Yes. I was wrong, by the way. It was not in American Idiot. It was in uh, Minority by Green Day. Uh, mm. um, what? Yeah. It was a struggle? hmm Yeah. You got to remember, in the 50s, you know, children were like, um, it was the man, the woman, then the child. Yeah. So it's a lot of abusiveness in the 50s. And the God above the man yes. running the household. Exactly. So children were to be seen and not heard. And fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> and the popularization of post-traumatic stress disorder, repressed memory, and the corresponding survivor movement. So those were roundabout. Those were the five contributing bing, factors. Bing, 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 bing. No, sorry, that's the song called "Yes." So the term, <laughs> yeah. So, no, the song is called "Roundabout" by the band uh, called it's "Yes." Yes, I yeah. Yes. I always get that fucking backwards. So the term satanic ritual abuse is used to describe different behaviors, actions, and allegations that lie between extremes of definitions. In 1988, a nationwide study of sexual abuse in the U.S. daycare agencies, led by David Finkelhor, divided... Oh, come on now. (laughs) F-I-N-K-E-L-H-O-R. Finkelhor. That's almost as bad as Dorcas Whore. (laughs) Well... Dor- Dorcas Whore? Dorcas Whore. That was from Satanic or the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> man, what an unfortunate yeah. couple of names. <laughs> so he divided ritual. What abuse. was his job? He was uh, in the lead. He investig- finkled whores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a nation- Last names come from the occupation. That's how <laughs> Anglican last names worked. He. Whores the finkles and he finkles the horse. I don't understand what that would mean. I don't know what finkle means. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Ah, uh, that's true. This is true. 
It means he's had a long, hard life, our artist has said. So he was a, he led a study uh, of sexual abuse in U.S. daycare agencies. I bet the fuck he did. So <laughs> his study divided... Talk about nominative determinism. No he had shit. two choices. <laughs> he could either finkel whores or, or whore the finkels. Or whore the finkels. So he divided ritual abuse allegations into three categories. Cult-based, cult-based ritualism in which the abuse had a spiritual or social goal for the perpetrator, pseudo-ritualism, in which the goal was sexual gratification, and that the rituals were used to frighten or intimidate victims, and psychopathological ritualism, in which the rituals were due to mental disorders. Now, subsequent investigators have expanded on these definitions and also pointed to a fourth alleged type of satanic ritual abuse, in which petty crimes with ambiguous meanings, such as graffiti or vandalism, generally committed by teenagers were attributed to the actions of satanic cults. So every time I fucking drew an anarchy symbol on a stall, a yes. bathroom stall door you did as, it for a, Satan. as a 16 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, that was, that was for Satan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now that tracks. <laughs> I knew a guy who I can't remember if he, I don't remember how he scarred himself. It was either cut with a razor or mm. a, or a <laughs> brand. He branded the fucking anarchy symbol on his forehead. Oh hell no. no. I was never that punk. He was he was hardcore and he was black. Uh, dude, black punk rockers are always more around. hardcore than white punk he rockers. He did not fuck around. Not enough recognition in the scene, but he did go hard. By the early 1990s, the phrase satanic ritual abuse was featured in media coverage of ritualistic abuse, but its use decreased among professionals in favor of more nuanced terms such as multi- They still let him come to school. (laughs) They had to. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. Like, and he never missed a day, which is wild as a punk. Like, he never skipped. Not one time. Nah. But he had the anarchy. He was hardcore enough that he only wore army sur- surplus. Dude, and he me had too. The fucking, <laughs> yes. And he had the anarchy symbol on his goddamn forehead. See, no. Like, I wasn't that punk. Holy shit. He was like, I'm a punk and I'm about that life, but also I'm going to be smart enough that you you can't fuck with me or whatever. I don't right. even know. Like, No, that that's part of it is because I did kind of the same thing where like I was always really smart, but I wore... Only army surplus with like anti-government patches yep. all over it. So like any any time a teacher would like want to give me that nasty look, like mm, he has a patch that says anti flag. He fucking loved Spider Man and an upside down American flag on his shoulder. That kid's a fucking oh shit. He got a hundred and ten on this test. He answered the bonus question and made up another bonus question and answered it right. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the phrase satanic ritual abuse was featured in media coverage of ritualistic abuse, but it was de- its use decreased among professionals in favor of more nuanced terms, such as multidimensional child sex rings, ritual slash... I'm sorry, multidimensional? Yes, child sex rings. Yo! Do you mean literally scientific... No, I think they meant like multi-level... Or no, like multi-level... They, yeah, no, yeah. It, it's a pyramid scheme, but yeah, with fucking you. kids. Uh, ritual slash ritualistic abuse organized abuse or sadistic abuse some of which acknowledge the complexity of abuse cases with multiple perpetrators and victims without projecting a religious framework onto the perpetrators oh what a novel fucking idea <laughs> the latter in particular failed to substan- substantive oh my god i hate this word substantively 
substantively substantively that'll work yeah that's close improve on or replace satanic abuse as it was never used to describe any rituals except the satanic ones that were the core of ritual abuse allegations abuse within the context of christianity islam or any other religions failed to enter the ritual abuse discourse right well because why would it because that's not what the moral majorities like, I hate this fucking word at this point, but that's what their agenda was. Right. Allegations of cult-based abuse is the most extreme scenario of ritual abuse. During the initial period of interest, starting in the early 80s, the term was used to describe a network of Satan-worshipping, secretive, intergenerational cults that were supposedly part of a highly organized conspiracy engaged in criminal behaviors such as forced prostitution, drug distribution, and pornography. That basically just sounds like Ant Hill kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were a cult. It's a cult. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get into when we, mm-hmm, we'll, yeah someday so, someday. So someday these soon. cults were also thought to sexually abuse and torture children in order to coerce them into a lifetime of devil worship. You said Ant Hill Kids so confidently that I thought it was a band. No, <clears throat> no, no, no. You're thinking Alien Ant Farm. I was, I was thinking <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. So other allegations included bizarre sexual acts such as necrophilia. Forced ingestion of semen, blood, and feces, cannibalism, orgies. Hey, kids, don't eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's, so they were just accusing people of being Aleister Crowley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is Aleister Crowley. Exactly. Uh, he scared them so badly. Hey, surprise, surprise. That's how Aleister Crowley ties into this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this episode... I want to break away just for a quick second to mention this. This is the this is kind of our pit stop in the satanic panic because previously we've been too far back for anybody who is alive now to really relate to the stories. Right. But from this episode forward, unless we are in some strange part of the world where they still do witch hunts. Right, yeah, or unless you've been like training in King Kai's tower or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. For, You've been in the hyperbolic time chamber. Yeah, for or several hundred years. But from this point forward, this episode ties together the stuff that we've been talking about with uh, the Salem witch trials, the Spanish Inquisition being the kind of prevailing moral panic that inspired moral panics like the Salem witch trials. Um, we got up to Aleister Crowley who, you know, maybe your grandma remembers yeah. when Aleister Crowley was alive. Right. But, uh, and how he inspired uh, essentially the depravity that the moral majority is using as a weapon effectively. Right. They've weaponized Crowley. Right. And his beliefs. Who we have gone on record as saying is just basically the world's earliest LARPer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then... No, he's not. Shamans existed. <laughs> but they weren't LARPing. Sure they were. They believed in what they were doing. Well, so, so did Crowley. Yeah, true. Yeah. But this episode serves as a point, kind of like a, a last stop. Right. For as, as we move into the 80s and eventually the modern day satanic panic that is QAnon. This is the perfect... You know, we're seeing a lot of things that bring it all into the the melding pot to create what we modernly know as the satanic panic right which is what's going to happen after this episode 
Well, we've got one more episode where we talk about the Church of Satan, the founding of the Church of Satan and Anton LaVey. Yeah, but that, that happened the 60s. in the 60s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's still, I consider that modern. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are that... still people alive today who were old enough to remember it happening. Right. That, that's what I consider modern. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, no, th- this Maybe is... Maybe not very many of them anymore. Right. Yeah, no, not a whole, whole lot. They're they're diminishing, but they're still there. They're in like their 80s. Mm -hmm. So some of the other things uh, reported to happen was liturgical parody, such as pseudo-sacramental uses of feces and urine, infanticide, sacrificial abortions to eat the fetus and human sacrifice. Dear Lord. Also, satanic police officers who covered up evidence of ritual abuse crimes... I'm so sorry to interrupt you again that fast. But, you know, I, I just realized that my definition of modern is when cars could go above 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not a bad... Uh... That's modern yeah. for me. And then, th- like, any time before that is the past. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so police officers who covered up evidence of ritual abuse crimes and desecration of Christian graves. No evidence of any of these claims has ever been found. The proof presented by those who alleged the reality of cult-based abuse primarily consisted of the memories of adults recalling childhood abuse, the testimony of young children, and extremely controversial confessions. The idea of a murderous satanic conspiracy created a controversy dividing the professional child abuse community at the time. Though no evidence is... Professional? Been... Yeah. As in the... In the, the professional child abusers, yes. <laughs> I think they mean people who investigate child the abuse. The people who abuse children Pro- as, as a their career. Job. <laughs> as yes. their career path. Not, no, not as their job, Ruben, as I, their I career. See. I see. So though no evidence has been... <laughs> you got to have at least 10,000 hours to be a, to be a <laughs> child abuser. That's 10 years full-time, baby. <laughs> so dividing the... Prof- okay, uh, though no evidence has been found to support allegations of a large number of children being killed or abused in satanic rituals, from a law <laughs> enforcement perspective... Imagine... <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> From a law enforcement Fucking scrub, <laughs> you, you're gonna tell me how to abuse children. You're like gold rank child abuser at best. I've been abusing children since you were children yourselves. I've been a grandmaster child abuser since you first picked up the job. This is a career for me. Don't tell me how to do this. You're a subcontractor at best. <laughs> <laughs> So from, a, from a law enforcement what perspective. What a terrible, terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> We're not good. Like, <laughs> from a law enforcement perspective, an intergenerational conspiracy. That might, be, that might have been for nobody but us. <laughs> from a law enforcement perspective, an intergenerational conspiracy dedicated to ritual sacrifice whose members remain completely silent, make no mistakes, and leaves no physical evidence is unlikely. Cases of what the media incorrectly perceived as actual cult sacrifices have supported this idea, such as the 1989 case of Adolfo Constanzo, a Cuban-American serial killer, drug dealer, oh, shit. and alleged cult leader in Mexico. This alleged? Cult, well, this cult was dubbed the Narco-Satanists by the media. That's yeah, dude, they were fucking... Dope. 
they were literally killing people for rituals. Right. That's and, kind of that's kind of metal though. The name narco satanist. Oh, so they had this this shit called uh an inganga which was like uh, an altar mm-hmm. effectively and it you treated it like a like a living person. And uh, you were never supposed to put a, a human sacrifice in the Nganga. It was supposed to be animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the escalation going to escalate. And they they put people in the Nganga. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I figured out where that was going almost immediately. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so a third variation of ritual abuse involves non-religious ritual abuse in which the rituals were delusional or obsessive. Oh, so like when we try to summon a demon. Right. Yeah. So there are incidents of extreme sadistic crimes that are committed by individuals, loosely organized families, and possibly in some organized cults. Podcasters. Yes. <laughs> some of which <laughs> may be connected to Satanism. Although this is more likely... I mean, we're connected... <laughs> loosely to Satanism. Oh, sure. Via education. Yeah. <laughs> and also practice. No. Um, <laughs> the, it's, we've got, we got like a found family thing too. So it's, it's yeah. like, that's fair. You know, that's, there's, there's that element to it. So this is though, this is more likely to be real at, uh, related to sex trafficking, though ritual abuse may happen in families, extended families and localized groups. It is not believed to occur in large organized groups. Now, investigators considered graffiti such as the pentagram to be evidence of a satanic cult. Oh my and God. I have to I have to tangent myself. Josh, because you should never have done it. God, God help me, I guess. I have discovered that everybody is wrong. About? That's true. But Calling it a pentagram. It's a pentacle. It's a pentacle. Yes. The star itself is a pentagram. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's in a circle, it's a pentacle. So, uh-huh. all you want to be Satanists, get it right. Well, so te- technically, also sometimes it's actually a star of Solomon. Right. Yeah. Uh, isn't the star of Solomon the six-pointed one? Uh, That's David. That's the star of David. Yeah, it is though. It's the one you're thinking of. It's a six-pointed star, yeah. but it has um, a, weird... a circle with runes around it. Yeah. And often the center of it will have a circle through it. Yeah, it's an alchemy thing. So the Star of Solomon is the six-pointed star. Mm -hmm. That's Um, like two triangles upside down. Yeah, yeah. The Star of David can also be six-pointed. Yeah, I guess. Now I know there's a seven-pointed star. Is that possibly the Star of Solomon? No, no, no. Seal of Solomon is six. Points. Well, it makes sense. I'll he Google was like a Jewish hey, king. Uh, All right. Yeah, it's probably not a great idea to listen to it anyway. Yeah, probably not. Still have. I don't know it. why I think that, but don't. <laughs> so ambiguous crimes in which actual or erroneously believed symbols of Satanism appear to have also been claimed as part of the ritual abuse phenomenon. Though in most cases, the crimes cannot be linked to a specific belief system, Minor crimes, such as vandalism, trespassing, and graffiti, were often found to be the actions of teenagers who were acting out. What? For Satan, of course. I can't believe it. Well, they were turned by Satan to act out against Christianity. So there was never... That is not a thing that I am unfamiliar with. (laughs) 
So there was never any consensus on what actually constituted satanic ritual abuse. This lack of a single definition, as well as confusion between the meaning of the term ritual, allowed a wide range of allegations. I'm sorry. What confusion? What constitutes the lack of a complete definition? Yeah, of a rit- to say that these are what happens in a satanic ritual abuse. Okay, because I was going to say like anything can be a ritual as long as it's done ritualistically and repeatedly. Yeah. Well, no, this was there. There wasn't like okay, this happened in a satanic abuse case. The same thing happened in this one. It's, it wasn't a consistent. Everybody's story was different. I got you. Like I want to say it was Michelle. Remember she she remembers them sewing a tail onto her or something like that. So like it would be like if first of all, it would be <laughs> like if if we asked every person on the road, "Hey, what do you think a satanic ritual is?" and they told us, and it was different from everyone else's. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then we took every single one of those things and we said all of these and more constitute satanic ritual abuse yeah but what whatever seems uh satanic ritual abusey to you that's that probably it yeah, is exactly so and it uh, it allowed them to apply it to basically whatever they deemed worthy yeah because there is no set of rules it's larping it's almost like having vague rules is bad and we should have it's almost like laws are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Still, though, kind of fucked the legal system. <laughs> <laughs> so disagreements between groups who supported ritual abuse allegations is authentic. I recognize the shit that you do is hard, but fuck, fuck it. <laughs> fuck you. And all the shit that you stand for, I guess. I don't know. Anarchy is... <laughs> and those criticizing them as unsubstantiated resulted in an extremely polarized discussion. Probably not viable, but... You know, ideally, with little middle ground, the lack of credible evidence for the more extreme interpretations were often seen as evidence of an effective conspiracy rather than an indication that the allegations are unfounded. So literally the fact that there was no proof was Get proof. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Again, very reminiscent of the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. The lack of proof is the proof. So the religious beliefs or atheism of the dispute disputants have also resulted in different interpretations of evidence, as well as accusations of those who reject the claims being anti-child. Both believers and skeptics have developed networks to disseminate information on their responsive or respective positions. One of the central themes of the discussion among English child abuse professionals was the assertion that people should simply believe the children and that the testimony of children was sufficient proof, which ignored the fact that in many cases the testimony of children was interpreted by professionals rather than the children explicitly disclosing allegations of abuse. In some cases, there was simultaneously presented... They were In some cases, this was simultaneously presented with the idea that it did not matter if ritual abuse actually existed, that the empirical truth of ritual abuse was irrelevant, and that the testimony of children was more important than that of doctors, social workers, and the criminal justice system. Of course, we'll later have social workers forcing children to Mm -hmm. uh, falsely remember satanic ritual abuse, but, you You know... Yes, you should believe children. No, you should not believe children over experts. 
right. Yeah. If a kid is telling you unprompted that some strange shit is going down in their house, you should investigate that. But if they're telling you a story that only a crazy adult, a person who is f- crazy with panic, could come up with, probably don't listen to that kid. Right. Probably investigate the therapist they're going to. Yeah. So I'm sure we figured that out now in 2023. Mm. <laughs> so Michelle remembers, written, written by Canadians Michelle Smith and her husband, psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder, was published in 1980. The book was written in the form of an autobiography presenting the first modern claim that child abuse was linked to satanic rituals. Pazder was also responsible for coining the term ritual abuse. Michelle remembers provided a model for numerous allegations of ritual abuse that ensued later in the same decade. On the basis of the book's success, Pazder developed a high media profile, gave lectures and training on ritual abuse to law enforcement. Did you just say that she described several things that went on to happen later? No, the, the allegations, the same things that she said started coming, people started saying the same thing happened to them uh-huh. later. Yeah, uh-huh. no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's almost like popular media influences what people think and do. Well, it's again exactly like the satanic panic. I mean, the the Salem witch trials. Uh, you're going to milk the fact that you wrote that script as much as you are. Can't no, I'm just kidding. no, it's just that fucking relevant to the overarching <laughs> yeah. story. I know because it's so the girls in the, in the witch trials affect the, the afflicted. Mm-hmm. They heard that this thing was happening to someone else and they were like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that happened to me too. It happened to me too. And now I'm part of it. And that's more fun. Right. That's more interesting mm-hmm. because Life is very boring and difficult all of the time, and that's way more interesting than working the fields and effectively being a reproducible labor right. for it's my a parents. Good thing people don't feel like life is boring and really fucking hard all the time. <laughs> so, In our day and age, I mean, so, twenty twenty three. Yeah. So Pazder also gave lectures and training on ritual abuse to law enforcement, and by September of nineteen ninety, had oh act- boy. In my opinion, anything that you say, especially in this podcast, but generally in life, law enforcement training, that means it's wrong and dangerous to us. <laughs> yes. If you get a chance, I highly recommend you watch uh, The Law Enforcement's Guide to Satanic Ritual Abuse. It definitely no. automatically assumes that you are the criminal. Who, me? Yeah, you, that one. You the one thinking that? Yes, you. They, it's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Was it like a training video? Yes, for law enforcement officers. And every single one of those is a horror story. (laughs) And one of the guys that they use as a quote unquote expert is, of course, he's an ex priest of Satan or satanic priest. And he has the most beautiful mullet. Because oh, Mike Warnke? No, it's not Mike Warnke. It's another guy. <laughs> but he literally goes into a park and is walking around and like pointing out that you know there's a piece of rope on the floor or the ground. That rope, uh, if you look, there's blood on it, and that could be a sign that something satanic happened here, or you know, a pentacle was drawn. Uh-huh. It's literally, it's the, it's, it's very, very eighties. Yeah, 
but it's, you should grab a clip from that, uh, oh yeah. an audio clip, and play it right here. Satanic cults and their various offshoots exist throughout the world. However, a difficulty immediately arises with the word cult. Many cults fall under the protection of the United States Constitution, the freedom of religion. When we talk of cults and Satanism from a law enforcement perspective, we have to tread lightly. That is one of the reasons it is so difficult to investigate satanic cult activities. We know what the satanic cult professes to believe. We know what their potential for violence might be if they choose to be true to their belief. We even have evidence, here and there, that leads us to believe that some sort of rituals are taking place. However, unless we catch them actually breaking the law, or find evidence that leads directly to participants in some illegal activity, we have no case. That was, really that cool was the clip. 80s. Yeah, man, the 80s were wild. <laughs> All right, so... Um, <laughs> I don't know if Don is going to do that or not. <laughs> so where are we? Whether uh, he does or not, it was a good bit. <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, by September of 1990, he had acted as a consultant on more than 1,000 ritual abuse cases, including the McMartin Preschool trial. Prosecutors used Michelle Remembers as a guide when preparing cases against alleged Satanists. Michelle Remembers, along with other accounts portrayed as survivor stories, are suspected to have influenced later allegations of ritual abuse, and the book has been suggested as a causal factor in the later epidemic of ritual abuse allegations. The early 1980s, during the implementation of mandatory reporting laws, saw a large increase in child protection investigations in America. I'm sorry, in America, Britain, and other developed countries, along with a heightened public awareness of child abuse. The investigation of incest allegations in California was also changed, with cases led by social workers who used leading and coercive interviewing techniques that had been avoided by police investigators. Now, such changes in the prosecution of cases of alleged incest resulted in an increase in confessions by fathers in exchange for plea bargains. Shortly thereafter, some children in child protection cases began making allegations of horrific physical and sexual abuse by caregivers within organized rituals, claiming sexual abuse in satanic rituals and the use of satanic symbols. These cases garnered the label satanic ritual abuse both in the media and among professionals. Childhood memories of similar abuse began to appear in the psychotherapy sessions of adults. In 1983, charges were laid in the McMartin Preschool Trial, a major case in California which received attention throughout the United States and contained allegations of satanic ritual abuse. The case caused tremendous polarization in how to interpret the available evidence. Shortly afterward, more than 100 preschools across the country became the object of similar sensationalist allegations. Which, which is fucking wild. It is. Yeah. That they got dragged into this. Mm -hmm. because, Just no normal-ass daycare workers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. your, your sister worked at uh, a daycare for the longest time. It was, yeah, yeah. And it's like, imagine if just all of a sudden Jesse was accused of being a, a satanic child abuser. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Now she's your sister, so <laughs> so I, I understand. No, no. But, but <laughs> no, I, my grandmother worked in daycare until she was like in her 70s. Yeah. And like, imagine that. You know what I'm saying? It's, I get it. Like, yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous. So these allegations were eagerly and uncritically reported by the press. 
Throughout the McMartin trial, media coverage of the defendants, Peggy McMartin and Ray Bucky, was unrelentingly negative, focusing only on statements by the prosecution. Uh, Michelle Smith and other alleged survivors met with parents involved in the trial, and it is believed that they influenced testimony against the accused. Yeah, they would say, so like when they were interviewing the kids, they would use all these like, yeah, to, all the to techniques say, that police do to force a confession to happen. To even say leading questions would be a yeah. vast understatement because it's they were basically coaching. They yeah, were coaching they, they, them they on were what coaching to say. And they were using positive reinforcement. Uh, am I jumping all the way oh, ahead? God. Yes. <clears throat> is that what that face is? Key McFarland, a social worker employed by the Children's Institute International, developed a new way to interrogate children with anatomically correct dolls and use them in an effort to assist disclosures of abuse with the McMartin children. Yeah, by the way, that's where that show me on the doll. Yes. This is where that comes from. Exactly. And we will get more into Key McFarland when we actually do McMartin preschool. Uh, she... She's one of those names you need to remember and... Despise. Hate. Yes. Hate with all of your mm-hmm. heart. Hate. In 1984, McFarlane warned a. Conv- Turn to the dark side. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not kidding. Hate her with yeah. as much of your being as you can. Is she still alive? Probably. It was 84. I hope she's not. Uh, she warned a congressional committee that children were being forced to engage in scatological behavior and watch bizarre rituals in which animals were being slaughtered. Shortly after, the United States Congress doubled its budget for child protection programs. Psychiatrist Roland Summit delivered conferences in the wake of the McMartin trial and depicted the phenomena as a conspiracy that involved anyone that showed skepticism. Yeah, she's still alive. Fuck her. So literally, this guy said, if you said this isn't real, you're part of it. This Roland Summit. It ain't real. If I'm a child abuser, then that guy's a kid, and I'm going to abuse him. Okay. There's our stinger for the day. <laughs> no, please don't use that as the stinger. <laughs> please don't do that. So, Fuck Key McFarland. Yeah. So by 1986, social worker Carol Darling argued to a grand jury that a conspiracy... That's, that's a Peter Pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, argued um, to a grand jury that the conspiracy reached the government. Her husband Brad Darling gave conference. Oh. Brad yeah. Darling gave conference presentations about a satanic conspiracy of great antiquity, which he now believed was permeating American communities. In 1985, Patricia Pulling joined. F- I arrive. <laughs> that's a that's a J Cole. <laughs> Patricia Pulling joined forces with psychiatrist Thomas Radecki, director of the National Coalition on Television Violence, to create. Bad. Bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling and Bad saw role-playing games generally and Dungeons and Dragons specifically as a satanic cult recruitment tools. Inducing... Now that Hasbro has it, it is that. (laughs) Inducing... Oh, you heard they rolled back the, uh, the proposed changes, right? Not enough, they didn't. What proposed changes... They were effectively going to make it, any D&D content, like yeah. Critical Role and shit. They, basically, what they were going to do could they were have trying potentially to milk money. killed Critical Role. They were trying to milk more money out of D&D stuff. Oh. 
Because when Hasbro bought it, the first fucking thing they said was, it's not monetized enough, and the consumers of it are obstacles in the way of us getting our money. Yep. Okay. Even though the fucking D&D books and shit are expensive. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like crazy expensive. And uh, they were also going to... If they wanted to make more money, they could have lowered the prices. Like, they could have cheaped out on so much, mm-hmm. and they like, and we would have been fine with it. It's basically any homebrew content was going to be owned by them now. Yeah. Um, they were going to take Unearthed Arcana. They were going to say Roll20, Fantasy Grounds. All that shit was going to be in, in Wizards. Anything like Critical Role, Nadpod, um, they would have had a financial right to take from. Pretty much, yeah. So like thirty percent or some or like thirty percent normally, and then fifty percent of anything over a hundred thousand dollars made in a year. Yeah, crazy, crazy shit. Okay, so we just need to do uh, dark spaces and uh... they were gonna no 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 you don't understand they were gonna take all of it Pathfinder, um, fuck everything no because they don't own Pathfinder they were trying they were trying to put. All of anything that had been inspired by D&D, like it was all encompassing. They wanted money from anybody in the role playing scene. They wanted it all. So they could go back and and No, they can't. That's fully not legal at all. But they were going to start charging Hmm. and they were going to basically milk everybody fucking dry. It's in any content creator doing anything with. D and D. So or, literally, if we wanted to do a D and D podcast, yes, yes. we would have to pay them. Yes, uh, not not right off the top, but we after if, we made a certain amount of money. If gotcha. they decided, like, oh, you've made a few hundred bucks off this, we're gonna take our cut. Mm-hmm. They could walk in like fucking racketeers and just do that. But you and said they pulled back on that. They did because they, they lost millions of subscribers and also dollars so in like a day. There was actually the biggest thing. There there was some fucking hero at either Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro who leaked information via email to a bunch of content Wizards. creators. Yeah. And uh, he said like three times in the email, he, he was like, they are using D&D Beyond subscriptions as their main indicator of this. I repeat, they are using D&D Beyond subscriptions as their main unit of measurement. And so... Everyone in droves was canceling their D and D Beyond subscriptions. Gotcha. And Which means they were leaking money. Yes, but they actually rolled it back, and then not only did they roll it back, they like added something to um, not public domain, but uh, they they made OGL. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made it uh, for free use. Yeah. Basically, I can't remember what exactly it was. It's like original game license. It's like if you buy the content. You it it falls under free use now, which it always did, right? right. But now they say, but it now does. It, they say it does because they want it to look like they did more. Gotcha. But e- even so, they completely destroyed uh, my, my decades of community trust. Oh, for sure. My plan was to literally come in here and be like, "We're starting today, and if they come for our money, fuck them." <laughs> like for real like oh i spent it all well you can't take my shit because i sold it all oh that was for a medical procedure i spent it all again <laughs> fuck you like i want my that ouija whole money. dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want that ouija board money he has bro 
they said that it induced youth. I was I was heated about it, dude. I was <laughs> oh no, so mad. I know. It's even I was heated about it, and I'm not like as entrenched in the D and D community. Oh, as you we're are. fucking. But in like, it, you know there, what I'm saying? there was like, not a single uh, YouTube commentator that was not making an hour long video about it. So they said that D and D induced youth to suicide, murder, and satanic ritual abuse. Other alleged recruitment tools included heavy metal music, educators, child care centers, and television. Everything. Yes. This information was shared at policing and public awareness seminars on crime and the occult, sometimes by active police officers. Now, none of these allegations held up in analysis or in court. In fact... What? Yeah. In fact, analysis of youth suicide over the period in question found that players of role-playing games actually had a much lower rate of suicide than the average. It's almost like... It's almost like finding a community of people that you can do a creative thing with helps your mental health. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. More novel ideas. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that has any basis in anything at all. <laughs> so by the late 1980s, therapists or parents who believed someone had suffered from ritual abuse could suggest solutions that included Christian psychotherapy. I thought you said therapists or parrots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parrots were really big in the 80s. It's a Satan. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing, too, is I was picturing like a bird lawyer. So uh, could suggest, okay, including Christian psych- psychotherapy, exorcism, and support groups whose members self-identified as anti-Satanic warriors. Federal funding was increased for research on child abuse with large portions of the funding allocated for research on child sexual abuse. So you said they identified as anti-Satanist warriors? Yes. But they get mad when people want to identify as anything other than their birth gender. Yeah. That's those same people, <laughs> but they get to identify as anti-Satanist warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, funding was also provided for conferences supporting the idea of ritual abuse, adding a veneer of respectability to the idea, as well as offering an opportunity for prosecutors to exchange on advice on how to best secure convictions with tactics, including destruction of notes, refusing to tape interviews with children and destroying or refusing to share evidence with the defense. Had proof been found, ritual abuse would have represented the first occasion where an organized and secret criminal activity had been discovered by mental health professionals. In 1987, Geraldo Rivera produced a national television special on the alleged secret cult. Geraldo enters the fray. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's here. Claiming the estimates are that... <laughs> Did you just get it? Yeah. No, no, that's what I was doing in the okay, first okay, place. Okay, okay. But I just... Mental image. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like Oprah and Dr. Phil and Geraldo and Key McFarlane. <laughs> it's the smash. But... Now, Josh, I told you not to keep, keep my name <laughs> out your just, damn mouth. It's just Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I warned you once. <laughs> Give me your pants. I'm pissing them. <laughs> uh, now we're getting to the Crowley good stuff. Right. So I Her- still got the zebra cake box right here. So Geraldo Rivera, Rivera produced a national television special on the alleged secret cults, claiming estimates are that there are over one million Satanists in the United States and that they are linked in a highly organized secretive network. Tapings of this and similar talk show episodes were subsequently used by religious fundamentalists psychotherapists, social workers, 
and police to promote the idea that a conspiracy of satanic cults existed and these cults were committing serious crimes. Now, for the first time in Satanic Panic, I have a memory. Hey, see, this is what I mean about how we're getting modern now. Yeah. Eighth grade. I was in eighth grade and I was taking home ec because in eighth grade, that's how you think you're going to meet women or girls at the time is to take home ec. You should have been taking home ec because it should be a mandatory class, but I'm glad you took home ec. Okay. I'm not exactly sure if it was mandatory because the shit they taught us how to cook, I've never made in my life. I have no desire to make a crepe. It's not important. The important thing is that you learned how to cook. Right. Yeah, true. Yes, you you learned how to. Yeah, I uh, learned I learned how to cook eggs when I was like four or something. Yeah. and I have I don't cook eggs really anymore. <laughs> I I use I fry them once. Like I'll that's the only thing I'll do anymore. I know how to do the other stuff though. But I, you you understand. And now I know why they do what they do. How yeah. it works. That's what. But important. like they taught yeah. us how to make baked Alaska. Never needed to make baked Alaska. It's not about learning I how know. to make baked yeah, Alaska. Yeah. It's about learning how to do the confectionery steps yeah. to make baked Alaska. Anyways, uh, one of the things they had us do in home at class was spent almost uh, three days uh-huh. watching the Geraldo Rivera special in class. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, it was that important. Now, and, that's stupid. Yeah. What, did, what was his again? Geraldo Rivera? Yeah, I've just been thinking about Super Smash Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) He was a journalist, and he did a special on exposing Satan's underground. Oh, right, right, right. Which can also be found on YouTube. Oh, yeah. The entire series is on Mm -hmm. YouTube. Dude, I wish I could still say that everything could be found on YouTube, but everything can't be found on YouTube anymore. That reminds me that I saw a meme the other day, the rule, what is it, rule 34? Or... Oh, did you just find out what rule no, 34 no, no, no. is? You, you talked about that when we did Mothman. Yeah. But somebody typed in ethical capitalism and there was no results found. <gasps> somebody has to make porn of ethical capitalism. But that just means ethical capitalism doesn't exist. Because if it existed, there'd be a porn for it. You know, yeah, you've reverse engineered the formula. Exactly. So um, his logic is flawless. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) In the 1990s, psychologist D. Corridan Hammond publicized a detailed theory of ritual abuse drawn from hypnotherapy sessions with his patients, alleging that they were victims of a worldwide conspiracy of organized clandestine cells who used torture, mind control and ritual abuse to create alternate personalities that could be, quote, activated with code words. Sleeper cells. Mm-hmm. Yep. The victims were allegedly trained as assassins, prostitutes, drug traffickers, and child sex workers used to create child pornography. But they hate D&D, and then they go and make up all this fantasy exactly. shit. So Hammond claimed his patients had revealed... The his consp- logic is flawless. <laughs> Hammond claimed his patients had revealed the conspiracy was masterminded by a Jewish doctor in Nazi Germany. Oh, uh, Which, let's, let's stop for a second. Holy shit. No, uh, that is a heavy suitcase, and I don't want to unpack <laughs> any of it. A Jewish doctor in Nazi, Nazi Germany. Germany. Uh-huh, caught yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But who now worked for the Central Intelligence Agency with a goal of worldwide domination by a satanic cult. Oh, yeah. We got Satanism through Operation Paperclip. (laughs) Got it. The cult was allegedly composed of respectable, powerful members of society who used the funds generated to further their agenda. They do that without the need of Satan. (laughs) Yeah. 
missing memories among the victims and absence of evidence was cited as proof of the power and effectiveness of this cult in furthering its agenda. Is that cult called capitalism? <laughs> Hammond's claims gained considerable attention due in part to his prominence in the field of hypnosis and psychotherapy. Satanic ritual abuse brought together several groups normally unlike, unlikely to associate including psychotherapists, self-help groups, religious fundamentalists, and law enforcement. If your psychotherapist agrees with a self-help group, leave them. <laughs> yeah. Because while there is some information in self-help groups that does help people, they're all a scam. There's just enough of that sprinkled in to, to fucking hook you. Like, don't, don't, don't. Please? Okay. Don't, you said? I said don't. Don't, okay. So do not. Correct. Okay. Like like a contraction. Right. Mm -hmm. So initial accusations were made in the context of the rising political power of conservative Christianity within the United States, and religious fundamentalists enthusiastically promoted rumors of ritual abuse. What? Psychotherapists who were actively Christian advocated for the diagnosis of dissociative identity disorder, Soon after, bless you. Thanks. Godzilla. It's demons. Uh, I'm allergic to all this bullshit. Yeah. Soon after, accounts similar to Michelle Remembers began to appear, with some therapists believing the alter egos of some patients were the result of demonic possessions. Fuck oh, off. Fucking <laughs> Protestantism was instrumental in starting, spreading, and maintaining rumors through sermons about the dangers of ritual abuse. Lectures by purported experts and prayer sessions, which included showings of the 1987 Geraldo Rivera television special, secular proponents, yeah, uh, television special, secular proponents appeared and child protection workers became significantly involved. Law enforcement trainers, many themselves strongly religious, became strong promoters of the claims and self-described experts on the topic. Their involvement in child sexual abuse cases pr produced more allegations of ritual abuse, adding credibility to the phenomenon. As the explanation for ritual abuses, rit explanations for ritual abuse were dis distanced from evangelical Christianity and associated with survivor groups, the motivations ascribed to purported Satanists shifted from combating a religious nemesis to mind control and abuse as an end to itself. Clinicians, psychotherapists, and social workers documented clients with alleged historical ritual abuse, though the claim... You know, you either live long enough to... You either... What is it? You either die a hero or you live long enough to be a villain? Yeah. 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 Uh, imagine getting so panicked over Satan that you do Satan's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine getting so fucking intensely panicky over mind control and brainwashing that you invent mind control techniques and brainwashing techniques. Which is wild, too, because literally uh, around, not not long before this, the CIA, CIA was, was doing crazy shit with yeah, LSD and such. They were, they were trying to figure out how to do mind control. Yeah. And they came to the conclusion, by the way, that it doesn't fucking work. You can't. No. You can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. It's why subliminal messaging doesn't work the way people think it does. It works, just not the way you think. If you are at a movie theater and you are already prone to wanting a Coke and you see an image of Coca-Cola, 
you're going to be more likely to get up and go get a Coke. But flashing an image of Coca-Cola, if you're somebody that doesn't drink Coke, is not going to subliminally convince you more that Coca-Cola is something you should drink. If you're like, if you taste Coke and you're like, ew, and then you see some Coca-Cola images, it's going to make you less likely to drink Coke. (laughs) Right. Because you don't like it. That's right. So what we are saying is subliminal messages do do not work, join our Patreon. And that we just want you to just understand. Join Patreon. That we do not believe in subliminal messages. Join Patreon. And we just. The highest tier you can afford. (laughs) $20. (laughs) (laughs) So. Media coverage of the ritual abuse, media coverage of ritual abuse began to turn negative by 1987, and the panic ended between 1982 and 1995. The release of the HBO made-for-TV movie Indictment, the McMartin Preschool Trial, in 1995, recast Ray Bucky as a victim of overzealous prosecution rather than an abusive predator. Wild is that I was a kid in 92 to 95, and I never noticed any satanic rings. Well, sorry, you missed it. Yeah. I I lived it for both of us. So um, three of us, really. Yeah, yeah. So it cast Ray Bucky, recast Ray Bucky as a victim of overzealous prosecution rather than an abusive predator, and marked a watershed change in public perceptions of satanic ritual abuse accusations. In 1995, Geraldo Geraldo Rivera issued an apology for his 1987 television special, which had focused on the alleged cults. In 1996, astrophysicist and astrobiologist Carl Sagan divided and devoted an entire chapter of his final book, The Demon Haunted World. Carl Sagan? Yeah. Uh, the Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark, to, critique, to a critique of claims of recovered memories of UFO abductions and satanic ritual abuse, citing material from the newsletter of the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. By 2003, allegations of ritual abuse were met with great skepticism and belief in ritual abuse was no longer considered mainstream in professional circles, although the sexual abuse of children was and is a real and serious problem. Allegations of ritual abuse were essentially It's just usually not for Satan. Yeah. Reasons for the collapse of the phenomenon include a failure of criminal prosecutions against alleged abusers, a growing number of scholars, officials, and reporters questioning the reality of the accusations, and a variety of successful lawsuits against mental health professionals. Some feminist critics of the ritual abuse diagnosis maintain that in the course of attempting to purge society of evil, the panic of the 1980s and 1990s obscured actual child abuse issues. Yeah, it's almost like if it's almost like if you panicked so hard that you did the shit that the, you were accusing satanists of doing. This feels like déjà vu. Yeah. Well, not to mention a lot of people, anytime a child was abused, it was Satanism. So a lot of people started to bristle anytime it was brought up that a kid was abused. Yep. So kids who actually were abused weren't getting the help they needed. Right. Well, so it's the same thing more or less today where... I was a kid in the 90s. I remember. Yeah. Right. Well, it's people talk about like human trafficking and stuff now, and they try to put it in this this weird vaguely and not that well but i remember right they try to put it under this weird light where it's nothing like how it actually happens like child abuse everyone thinks that like oh my god there's actually hundreds of epstein islands basically they're in the they're in the basements of pizza shops right and don't don't you dare i know but don't 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, you should have that reaction to it. Everybody. God damn it. But that's not how child sexual abuse happens in 99.9% of cases. It's it's at home. It's right. They're not being kidnapped and brought to the basements of pizza shops or to Epstein Islands. They're, it's happening right under their own roofs. Yeah, by the time you got brought to the Epstein Island, um, someone who knows you and was close to you has has done most of the work for the people who are going to be at the Epstein Island. Right. Like, it happens at home, ladies and gents. It happens at home. So I'm just going to skip because a lot of this just starts repeating itself. But I want to give you an example of some of the allegations that these kids gave in the preschool trials. I'm going to preface this, even though it, it's implied, as a result of coaching. Yes. Mm-hmm. So some specific allegations from the cases included seeing witches fly, uh-huh. travel in a hot air balloon, abuse and travel through tunnels. Whoa, 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 wait, hold on, go back. Because hot air balloons are just good, clean, wholesome fun. Well, no, they're not if you are a child in the 80s. Yes. That was the ultimate evil. Hot air balloons? Yes. The heat from hell. Powering the balloon itself, I see. Trying to get to heaven. I remember that plot point. Or whatever. Yes. (laughs) Identifying actor Chuck Norris from a series of pictures as an abuser. I mean, Chuck Norris is a douchebag. Well, yeah. Orgies. I don't know if he's a child abuser or not, but... <laughs> probably, probably not. Orgies at car washes... I'll have to check Epstein's flight logs again. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Orgies at car washes and airports. Children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they would be abused. Yo, they uh, got spy shit? They, yes. That's Harry Potter, that's is Harry what Potter, that is. Yeah. And parents believed it. How? I mean, I know how. It's... Well, Fucking... their their idea was there must be a secret way in the bathrooms to these underground tunnels, and the kids just thought about being flushed because it was in the bathroom. But they believed that there were secret passageways, and we'll get to that with a McMartin. They thought about, because... they thought about getting flushed because they got swirlies. <laughs> Um, yeah, flushed Which down Which is toilets. basically waterboarding. Don't do those. Then cleaned up and presented back to their unsuspecting parents. Being raped with knives, including a 12-inch blade. No! How do you imagine that this happened secretly? Yeah. Uh, sticks, forks, and magic wands were also used. Assault by a clown in a magic room. That was just a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Five Nights at Freddy's dream. <laughs> Being... That was a kid saw poltergeist at a tender age, yeah. is all that is. <laughs> Being forced to drink urine tied naked to a tree. That's... That's just Crowley. That's just Tuesday for Crowley. <laughs> Ritual murders of babies. Children taken out on boats and thrown overboard. Again. That happened to me as a kid, but not for Satan. <laughs> uh, for mostly a laugh. for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> babies were thrown against the walls. Uh, the walls and floors of the center's music room was spread with urine and feces. Uh, they were forced to act in child pornography and used for child prostitution, tortured and made to watch snuff films. 
Um, the mentally disabled abuser with Noonan syndrome, which is a genetic disorder that prevents normal development in various parts of the body, drank human blood and satanic rituals, abducted the children despite being unable to drive, forced the children to eat urine and feces, abducted the children to secret rooms, committed violent sexual assaults and beatings, killed a giraffe, rabbit, and elephant, and drank the blood in front of the children. Damn. You started with a giraffe, middle on a rabbit. And then back and to then it. right back to elephant. Yeah. So this also takes place in secret underground rooms yes. that you have to know secret entrances into. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same way that's like, hmm, I wonder how they got that car into this mall. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh, I got in here through a toilet. That's a giraffe and an elephant. Now, this is going to be shocking. I bet it won't. All those claims I just gave you. No forensic evidence was ever found to support any of these claims. I'm not giving you the reaction that you want. I cannot believe the things you are saying to me today, Donathan. Now, something else that man can come as a surprise. A variety of these allegations resulted in criminal convictions. In an analysis of these cases. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. Mary D. Young, who was a a former uh, sociologist professor, uh, found that many had had their convictions overturned. Uh, of 22 daycare employees and their sentences reviewed in 2007, three were still incarcerated, 11 had charges dismissed or overturned, and eight were released before serving their full sentences. Grounds included technical dismissals, constitutional challenges, and prosecutorial misconduct. See, but they never talk about that in the media. No. So the only thing the media covers is the sensational part where right. uh, they did it, they're going to prison for it. Look, it was real. Right. And then when it comes out later that no, it wasn't, they've already moved on to uh, the newest fad. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to cover the fact that that was overturned. And that's right. the problem with news coverage now. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the exact same reason that uh, so many parents still believe that people are actually trying to poison kids with Halloween candy. Yeah. Or it's put the exact razors same thing. in Snickers bars. It's the exact same thing because it's every- like one dude did it to his own kid almost. Yeah. And people no. Got- no, he, he got it. He got it from the the urban legend. Oh, that's it. right. Yeah. Yeah. It was yep. already a thing. Basically, what happens is exactly the same as this. Every year, uh, something comes out where a kid finds uh, something fucked up in their candy. Razors. Poison. Something. Whatever. It always turns out to have been staged, uh, faked for attention, or uh, somebody in their family did it to them. It's never a stranger. But the news doesn't cover that part because that hasn't been learned yet. They just say, a kid did find a razor in his Snickers bar. It's real. See? And then, you know, a week later, we're already talking about how Thanksgiving's coming up. We're past that. They don't go back and correct it when the truth comes out about it. Right. So we go on believing the fake story. When the truth come out, you say. Yes. Does Does Bruno, Bruno Mars, Mars is gay? Is gay? <laughs> so Stanley Cohen, who originated the term moral panic. What, I Sometimes I think about that and I wonder, what was the question? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you are you asking if he is gay or if he does gay things or... You know, is he for gay people? Like, what is his, what is the question? All of it. Does Bruno Mars is gay? 
So Stanley Cohen, who originated the term moral panic, called the episode one of the purest cases of moral panic. The initial investigations of ritual abuse were performed by anthropologists and sociologists who failed to find evidence of ritual abuse actually occurring. Instead, they concluded that ritual abuse was a result of rumors and folk legends that were spread by media hype, Christian fundamentalism, mental health and law enforcement professionals, and child abuse advocates. Can't believe it. Sociologists and journalists noted the vigorous nature of which some evangelical activists and groups were using claims of ritual abuse to further their religious and political goals. What? Other commentators suggested that the entire phenomenon may be evidence of a moral panic over Satanism and child abuse. Skeptical. So wild, too, because most actual ritualistic abuse takes place in fundamentalist churches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Christian cults. Mm-hmm. Yep. Skeptical explanations of for allegations of ritual abuse have included an attempt by radical feminists to undermine the nuclear family, a backlash against working women, homophobic attacks on gay childcare workers, a universal need to believe in evil, fear of alternative spiritualities, end of the millennium anxieties, or a transient form of temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah. I've never seen that epilepsy warning when I boot up a game. Well, may never. cause ritualistic Satanist abuse. <laughs> well, that you do. That's in Doom. Yeah, well, true, true. Actually, literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in his book, Satanic Panic, the 1994 Minkin Award winner for best book presented by the Free Press Association. Better than Finkelhor. <laughs> Fuck Finkelhor. Jeffrey Victor writes that Still in the United States. Still out there, Finkel and Hor is somewhere right now. <laughs> Legend has it. <laughs> If you listen closely, you can, you can hear him. You can still hear him whoring the Finkels. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Victor writes that in the United States, the groups most likely to believe rumors of ritual abuse are rural, poorly educated, religiously conservative, white, blue-collar families with an unquestioning belief in American values who feel significant anxieties over job loss, economic decline, and Black family people. disintegration. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman. <laughs> Victor considers rumors of ritual abuse a symptom. That really still gets me every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, no, me too. It's like a brown man, and I look at you, and you're and you're like, next thing, and I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> it's like there are three or four things that go through my head every single day. A brown man does Bruno Mars is gay. The truth come out. <laughs> the truth come out. Uh, and no one's gonna know. Who's gonna, Who's know? gonna know? No one's, no one's gonna, gonna, know. gonna know. How would they know? Every single day, every single day, at least twice, each one of those things comes into my brain without my permission. Uh, so Victor considers rumors of ritual abuse a symptom of the moral crisis and a form of scapegoating for economic and social ills. Right now, one of my ones is a lyric by Prof, P R O F, uh-huh. for anybody who's interested. It's from his song called Tarzan, and the the chorus or the hook or whatever is um he's a, he's he basically starts off I'm about to let my fucking nuts hang, uh huh, right on brother, <laughs> okay, and in the middle of the song there's a point where he's doing like a verse and at the end of the verse he just goes it's important I let my nuts hang and that comes into my head. <laughs> frequently like all the time 
Like the other day, we were playing Fortnite, and I I had to physically stop myself from doing it like eight times. <laughs> so information about ritual abuse claims spread through conferences presented for religious groups, churches, and professionals such as police forces and therapists, as well as parents. These conferences and presentations serve to organize agencies and foster communication between groups. Maintaining and spreading disproven or exaggerated stories is fact. Members of local police forces organized into loose networks focused on cult crimes, some of whom build themselves as, quote, experts and were paid to speak at conferences throughout the United States. Religious revivalists also took advantage of the rumors and preached about the dangers of Satanism to youth and presented themselves as paid in, at paid engagements as secular experts. You know, that's not even the weirdest thing that I've heard of people being paid to speak at conferences about. Yeah. No. No, much, 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 much weirder. There's a great uh, journalist on YouTube, basically, named... Uh, uh, the, the channel is called Okie's Weird Stories. So there's a video on YouTube by Okie's Weird Stories called How I Infiltrated a Bizarre Conspiracy Cult. And it's about these people who believe that like they are also Tom Cruise, okay. uh, who fought aliens... On another planet. Isn't that, that's Oblivion. That's that movie. Is that what you're talking about? No. No, this is real. He went to a conference of people who were like, yep, my alter ego is actually Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I spent time fighting this species of aliens on uh, Pluto. And uh, this all like happens parallel. It, it's fucking wild. He fully like makes up his own story and he pays a bunch of money to one of these dudes to like have it verified basically. And then goes and uh, I think tells his story at the conference, which was comedically. Oh, he is a phenomenal journalist. Very funny. Very good dude. What's his name again? Okie's weird stories. Okay. I. Okay. I will probably check that out. Uh, he has a lot of really, he does like a two part thing. He interviewed John McAfee, Ma McAfee, John McAfee, John McAfee, McAfee? which, whichever McAfee antivirus software. Yes. Do we McAfee? need to do it? Do we need to McAfee. do it? McAfee. McAfee. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> I was like, Who whatever the fuck, the are fuck? You talking about. It's the fucking, you know how the shit spelled. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck all of you. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, you know about the dude, though, right? Yeah, I, I mean, he was a shithead. I know that much. He's fucking wild. Please, uh, Oki's Weird Stories. You have homework, Ruben. Uh, yeah, I will watch it. <laughs> You're going to love me. this shit yeah. so much. So Kenneth Landing, an FBI expert in the investigation of child McAfee, sexual abuse. Though. Sorry. <laughs> has stated it was always on my computer when I was a kid. That's how, it, that's how I said it in my head. No one ever said it out loud to me. Um, has stated that pseudo-Satanism may exist, but there is little or no I evidence mean, fair. for for large-scale baby breeding, human sacrifice, and organized Satanic conspiracies. He continues, there are many possible alternative answers to the question of why victims are alleging things that don't seem to be true. I believe that there is a middle ground, a continuum of possible activity. 
Some of what the victims allege may be true and accurate. Some may be misperceived or distorted. For sure, the giraffe is true, but the elephant, no. Yeah. <laughs> some may be screened or symbolic, and some may be contaminated or false. The problem and challenge, especially for law enforcement, is to determine which is which. This can only be done through active investigation. I believe that the majority of victims alleging ritual abuse are, in fact, victims of some form of abuse or trauma. Yeah, the abuse that they suffered was at the hands of Key McFarlane. Yeah. So Lanning... Imagine being so panicked about Satan that you end up perpetrating the crimes that you're accusing Satanists of. Right. So Lan I, I feel like I'm having deja vu again. <laughs> So Landing produced a monograph in 1994 on ritual abuse aimed at child protection authorities, which contained his opinion that despite hundreds of investigations, no corroboration of ritual abuse had been found. Following this report, several convictions based on ritual abuse allegations were overturned and the defendants were released. I mean, I keep joking about that, but like, really imagine that, though. Like, imagine being so scared of spiders that you buy a hundred spiders and release them on the public or whatever. Just to prove yourself right. Right. Like, imagine being so scared of fire that you become an arsonist. This is like, so Kat, her worst fear, she fucking hates spiders. Anytime she thinks there might be a spider in the pantry, I have to go get the thing out of the pantry. Oh, my God. Always, always. If she even believes that there might be a spider, there is definitely a spider, and I have to go and do it. But it's like if I were to prove that there was no spider, and in response, you went onto some weird website and bought a, a fucking red Solo cup full of spider eggs and put them in the pantry just so that you would always be right that there are spiders in the pantry. Yeah. Yeah. This, that's exactly what this is like. Yeah. You you yeah. hit the like nail on the head with the spider with spiders in it, just so that you're right that there's spiders in there. Like it's it's so frustrating. I don't understand how it happens. You know, like I don't understand how you can't see it happening when you're doing it. That pretty much wraps it up. It pretty much repeats itself over and over again. I can't tell you the number of times it actually says of the twelve thousand, there was never a known proven. Either way, so that's that's the that's the legend. Uh, it's bullshit. Also, mm. eleven letters. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, fuck how how big of a number is eleven in gematria? Oh God. <laughs> not going into that. I'm not going into gematria until I get to Q and on. I'm not going to Q and on until right. I have to. So next week we are going to discuss briefly. You make it sound like it's a place you have to go. I have to research it. I know, but you were like, I'm not going. You do have to go into like some weird fucking dark websites. Mm -hmm. to oh, learn homie, you, about if, if nothing else has put you on a list for real, that might. Well, like, you, I know we joke about being on lists. Uh -huh. the QAnon shit might put you on a list. Yeah, if I start getting shit, you know, about have you known? Maybe not a story? government list. <laughs> when you're going to all those weird websites and they're you know that they're like super suspicious. You're going to need a good VPN. And that's why this week's sponsor <laughs> is Nord VPN. I thought you were going to say McAfee express <laughs> VPN. <laughs> this week's sponsor is McAfee antivirus. Look, you two need to stop 
Stop giving our shit away for free. <laughs> we're just, we're providing a portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> this is how good our segues into your sponsorships could be. Question is, when we actually start doing it, do we do like actual ad reads or do we do like Dungeons and Daddies and just do our own version of ad reads? Well, what they do is they'll give us a script that says you have to mention yeah. things give you like A, B, C, and D. Sometimes, or they'll give you literally a script. Just depends. And then we riff on it the same way we do everything else. Yeah. I, di- I did see uh, Dungeons and Daddies shared uh, a screenshot of an email on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. Oh, saying that they, they, they can't start <laughs> with them screaming. We, we cannot have the ad begin with them screaming pussy. amazing please have them re-record the ad and get back to us we appreciate the sponsorship or something like that yeah (laughs) it was very fucking funny we cannot have them start the ad by screaming pussy yeah so um so next was that freddie or will uh, I don't know. We never got to hear the ad because it Damn wasn't it. allowed to start with them screaming the word pussy. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, ma'am, over here. <laughs> Get out of here. A third of a what to the left? Settlement. A third of a settlement to the left, she <laughs> said. So, word, word for word. What are word, we to you? Chop liver? <laughs> word for word, their email said, Hi, DAD team. The client needs the first 30 seconds re-recorded. They said the following, quote-unquote. Thanks for sending. Unfortunately, we're going to need the first 30 seconds re-recorded. We can't have them screaming pussy on this ad. Can you have them re-record ASAP? End quote. Please send over the new read with revisions and let us know if you have any questions. I cannot wait to read emails like that about our own ad reads. Oh, man. Me too, because I need passive income quickly. (laughs) all right so next week we are going to briefly discuss anton levey i was going to do an entire episode just on anton levey he's so fucking annoying he's boring and annoying such a neckbeard what's his deal he was the founder of the church Church of of satanism oh yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah oh yeah so more than what we're going to do next week is probably actually talk about the church of satan and the satanic temple yeah, well, because it turns out that, like, the teachings are pretty rad. You come in here on the day of my daughter's wedding, and you want to disrespect me like this? <laughs> I'm not changing the fucking name of the show. <laughs> 14 houses across from each other is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for anybody who has any idea or no idea what we're talking about, we have so our artist. You'll artists. see it you'll... eventually. No, they won't see all of this. No, but they'll get what I meant. Uh all right, so we're going to wrap up this episode, and um, you know the routine. You'll hear it at the beginning. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I've been Don. I've been a I've been a plump quadruped again. <laughs> I've been Josh, aka Limp Biscuits, number one fan. <laughs> Fuck. I think that was the most offensive thing you've ever said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just wow. And we will see you guys. Oh, fuck cancer. Be good to yourselves. You know, we're all more resilient than we think we are, I guess. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.